welcome to the latest of the ASA podcast with me, Dr. Chris Keel. We actually had an interesting question come in from one of the members today, and a subject that a lot of people have been talking about in a lot of detail lately. We've suddenly gone from worrying about the usual problems of the last year, the pandemic and COVID-19 and lockdowns, and now we're looking at some of those old familiar problems that we have dealt with for years in the past, things like inflation. And this is the comment that came in from David Petiti. Um, I hope I'm not butchering that name too much from Torco. He states, we're experiencing increasing amounts of inflation, sometimes three price changes in a specific line, water heaters, in the first four months of the year. We've been discussing how permanent, how much staying power these price changes have, and academically, it seems as though we're experiencing cost-push inflation, which should have a temporary characteristic to it. However, I've also pointed out in our discussions that demand-pull inflation has all the ingredients currently in the brew. Growing economy, asset inflation, government spending, a lot of money in the system. And while the Fed is tamping down with inflation expectations, the markets might be responding differently. So those terms, demand, pull, and cost push, are part of a long academic conversation about what it is that drives inflation. Demand pull basically says that there is more demand than the system can handle. So suppliers are trying to use pricing as a way to control that demand. If they raise their prices a little bit, then presumably demand begins to fall, depending on whether or not the good is an elastic or inelastic good. Inelastic goods are things that people don't really respond to according to price. They just buy what they buy. Gasoline, for example, is a classic inelastic good because just because the price of gas goes down doesn't mean that you start driving aimlessly all over town because gas is cheap. And because it goes up doesn't mean that you suddenly decide to boycott driving and you're never going to commute again or drive anywhere because gas got expensive. You use what you use. But elastic goods are things that respond to price. So if the price of cable TV goes down, well, presumably you get more people subscribing. If the price of meat goes down, people buy more of it, etc., so we are experiencing some of that demand type of inflation because we have seen a recovery in consumer activity. People are out there spending on services again. They are eager to get back into the restaurants and travel and all that sort of stuff, which is beginning to drive some of that demand. You're actually seeing a little bit of a demand decrease when it comes to goods because people have started to shift that spending back to services rather than buying things. When you talk about cost push, that's basically based on kind of a commodity and raw material costs, and that indeed is a lot more temporary, and we've seen it. We've seen a lot of it happening with lumber, with metal prices, with oil prices. Those are likely to be more short-term because the producers are certainly capable of putting out more of this, but they have decided for a variety of reasons not to. They're kind of waiting to make sure that demand is real. We're right now in a kind of an awkward position, but we're starting to come out of it. In the beginning of this demand surge, 
there was some suspicion as to how long it would last because this was immediate response to some of the good news that was coming out as far as COVID and the vaccine. But within a few weeks, people began to think, well, wait a minute, um, how enthusiastic should I get? You know, we're still dealing with a potential third or fourth outbreak of the pandemic. We've vaccinated a lot of people, but that's only around 20% of the population. So maybe I'm getting overexcited here, and I really shouldn't be expecting this much growth. Now, however, we're beginning to see that growth really manifest, and companies that were being cautious are now less cautious, and that's helping with production. You've got a lot of producers, okay, okay, I think this is real. I really do think we're going to see a recovery. The IMF thinks we're going to grow at 6%, and they're the most depressing bunch of economists on the planet. So if they think we're going to do better, then maybe we really are. And as a result, I'm going to start producing more oil, and I'm going to produce more metals, and I'm going to produce more of whatever I produce, because I think there's a demand. So when it comes to the inflation threat, I think we will see a bit of a surge, as we have, through the spring and probably into midsummer, and then it'll start to fade, because the demand will be met, the demand will begin to kind of go back to normal levels, and the producers will catch up. We're not really dealing at this point with any real shortages. The producers could meet that demand. The demand at this point is not tremendously excessive. The big wild card in all this is government spending, which was mentioned in, in Dave's comments. If there's a lot more money coming into the system, then you've got more of that money supply push. We don't yet really know how people are going to spend all of that stimulus money, but now we have the $2 trillion infrastructure plan out there. Realistically, I don't think that that's going to come in at anywhere close to $2 trillion, but that remains to be seen, and that's going to be hanging out there as a consideration. So, there you go. A very long and complicated response to what was a pretty simple question, but that's what economists do. Our job is to make the simplest things as complicated as possible. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.